Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on this week or this day, it seems to be daily podcast now, with JV, and I'm joined by Pistol. Pistol, do we need to talk really quickly to get the podcast over with as soon as possible so we can get it up for the GWS Indian game or what? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are looking forward to trading in a GWS or Sydney Swan defender, so we're going to have to try and get through the contents relatively quickly. Um, in doing so, we'll probably skip the Cancer Council and patrons uh, announcements until the next podcast. Um, otherwise, JB, a quick update from myself, uh, 2108 last week, um, just basically hovered rank at 800 overall. Maybe it was a tiny green arrow. Um, how did you go yourself? Uh, you popped me by about 20 points. I got 2086, uh, slight green arrow. Um, good FBL use of a green arrow there. Yeah. Um, up to 3.5k. So I'm slowly on the rise, but I'm having such a bad year. If you look at my team, I think I'm holding on by a, like a finger. My pinky's on the ledge and it's holding <laughs> my, my body weight. So uh, we'll see how long I can hold on for, but I think a top 10k was what my goal was at the start of the season. So I should be should hold on for that. I'd be pretty disappointed. You mean after round one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, after, well, after round one, I was, what, like 40k? So pretty much not finishing 40k was my objective at that point. Um, could probably tick that off. Now we're going to get straight into it. <clears throat> you alluded to this uh, already that a few Sydney and GWS players are on people's radars. Um, thankfully for our super coach teams, they play first thing, um, which is not actually not actually a good thing at all. Um, they're coming off the buy, playing first thing. A lot of people want their players because they've played the buy. Um, they've got a couple of cheapies hanging around as well. I think Haynes is slightly undervalued. Williams is definitely undervalued if you can stay uninjured. Let's talk about them um, in in light of a due date injury and sort of discuss his um, entire list of replacement options and who you think are uh, uh, the number one, two, three, four, five, et cetera, options for due day. Um, we'll start off. We'll go with Zach Williams. What are your thoughts? Oof. Is this? Are we saying this is number one or are we... Cause no, no, not, no. We'll, ju- we'll talk one. about him first and then we'll, we'll rank him afterwards. Ah, gotcha. Um I like Zach Williams in terms of the value that he brings. You get somebody who could average 95-100 for the rest of the season, and he has a great draw. It's GWS do. They only play two top eight teams for the rest of the year, um, and he's got back-to-back tons. You know, he had 26 touches and over 100 points in round nine, and um, in round 10, he only had 13 touches and still scored over 100 points. So he he's a scoring machine. Um, I have a lot of questions, though, over his durability. Um, he's always got a niggle or an injury. I think last year, there was like five times where he copped an injury during the match and then played out the match. So in a condensed fixture Having run, said that, he did only miss two games for the season. Yeah, he did. But when you cop those injuries with even shorter turnaround, um, sorry, I shouldn't call them injuries, I'll call them niggles, I feel like you're a higher chance of being rested. And even though he hasn't got a bye for the remainder of the season because GWS just had theirs. I still feel like he's an equal chance of missing a game to people who are actually do have a buy to come. So he's good value, but it comes at a risk. Do you think the fact that he's missed um, already quite a lot of games this year um, could factor in his favor? They might just want to have him play out the season and um, see how his body pulls up for finals. Um, I mean, they, they might just want to see how the team goes with him um, fully in that team, having had a good run at it. I mean, there is the there's obviously a lot of theories out there, but one of them being that if you keep stagnating someone's season, they they never really get a true run of it and, and get into their good form. So 
Um, could be the case with Zach Williams. Could be the case with GWS. They're obviously uh, fighting for their season uh, this season. So um, is there any weight put towards the fact that he's already missed some games this year and might just play them out? I don't, I don't think so, personally. The last two weeks won't be condensed, and you know they'll he'll definitely play those matches You know as they come into form. I just think during that condensed fixture phase of the game, if he's sore, they'll just give him a rest so that they don't overdo him before finals, which they will be hoping to play this year. Okay. Um, just quickly, one last point on Zach Williams. Um, he's scoring before the last fortnight, before his return, was uh, very erratic, playing a forward role a lot as well. Um, not really actually much time in defence at all. Uh, could bode well for potential forward defence um, eligible next year, which is good. But this year, um, we don't obviously want him playing out of that forward pocket at all. Um, was that just the, the GWS moving the magnets early in the season? Were they uh, trialling something out? Potentially didn't work. He obviously didn't have any dominant games up there. Um, Whitfield wasn't in great form early either. Um, do you think they've all just fallen back into place now with Haynes, Williams and Whitfield all finding their role and, and finding form at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he had an interrupted preseason. I think that played a part of it as well. So I think they're settled now. Um, I mean, he looks, and GWS look, so much better when he's in the back half. Lovely. All right, well, that's good to hear. So um, from what I'm hearing right now, uh, Williams... Besides the durability is an amazing pick, but it's hard to go past uh, the games played and games to be played. Next up is his teammate, um, Haynes, who we've mentioned a few times already, has already established himself this season as one of the elite intercept markers. Um, other elite intercept markers like Dude and uh, Ridley both uh, were doing extremely well. Uh, Dude when he was playing, obviously was doing extremely well. It's just a lucrative role this season. One intercept mark um, usually would be around 10 points, I'd say, after everything's said and done. But this season, with um, everything being multiplied, amplified, and the, the quarters being shorter, um, the scaling goes out. It ends up being more than a 10-point intercept mark. And the ones that do it really well and, and can get two or three a quarter, which is um, elite level, can see themselves having an extremely big quarter without kickouts or without getting loose balls around the, the field or without spoiling. So um, anything wrong with the Haynes selection? No, so does by I mean, he's not value. That's a thing. Like he's priced almost at 110 and that's his average. So I think if you want to get the best of the best, he's definitely going to finish in the top six defenders this season easily. So I would be looking towards him. Um, if you can't quite get there and you need that value pick, obviously Zach William um, presents a cheaper and still a good option. But if I'm picking between the two, I'm picking Haynes. Okay, now next one is uh, Jake Lloyd, the third player coming off the bye at the moment. Um, the third player in tonight's match as well. So we'll, uh, I think... Getting these out before, well, first thing in the podcast gives people an opportunity to hopefully listen to the first 10 minutes. That might be all they need before this match tonight. So Jake Lloyd, the last one. At what point is Jake Lloyd just too expensive? I mean, I'm looking at my team and I know for a fact I can't afford him even if I did have the money there. Um, at what point do we do we say, you know what, I'll bank the 160K difference between Lloyd and Zach Williams and just go with Zach Williams? He's almost at that price point because he's, again, he's not value, but he's also not overpriced. He's priced at his average. Um, you know, he's 118.6 is his current average. I think outside round one, he's averaged 120 for the season. And, it's unreal. Oh, 
the guy is an absolute just machine. Um, look, Swans do have a really hard draw uh, to end of the season. They've pretty much played all of the bottom teams and have a lot of the top ones to go. But it's Jake Lloyd. The ball will be in the back line. You know, he takes some kickouts. I mean, Haywood's been taking a couple lately. But um, I think he's still going to average 110 plus for the remainder of the season. It's just, can you afford him? I mean, 630K is a lot of money. And if you think that you can't finish your team, maybe you need to take the 160K that Zach Williams uh, provides just to spend it somewhere else. But, you know, at the end of the day, you need to look at your side and say, okay, if I get Jake Lloyd at this price, what forward um, or midfielder can I afford? And then do the same if you were to select Zach Williams and then just work out which one gets you more points total and you're just going to have to do it that way. So I'm curious, um, the, the 160K difference can, is pretty much we chalk up 100 to 150K depending on the season. We haven't exactly put a, a science to it this year, but um, we essentially say that's about worth a trade. Um, if you were downgrading a rookie, you'd want them to appreciate at least 100, 150K. Now, if we look at it in, in the light that people still need to make upgrades um taking Williams over Lloyd might save you a trade in the long run. How valuable is that? Even if you think you do have the money at the moment, just that having that trade in your back pocket for the end of the season, we don't know what's going to happen and we might not get any more bonus trades. In fact, I might talk about that with you later, but I don't think we will at all. Um, that one trade could actually be extremely valuable. And Zach Williams, it wouldn't shock me if he went within 15 points a game of Lloyd's average. It's funny you say that. Because if I knew for certain that we were going to get extra trades for the condensed fixtures um, coming up, I would be getting Lloyd right now over yep. Zach Williams. I mean, I'm not getting Zach Williams, I don't think, anyway. But I, w- I would definitely get Lloyd. Obviously, with the extra trade, spending one extra to get somebody of Jake Lloyd's caliber and the best 18 coming up, uh, it's pretty much a no-brainer. If we don't have extra trades and you know I've got to complete my team with the amount of trades that I currently have, um, I would... Look towards the Zach Williams. I know it's more of an injury risk, so it's kind of counterintuitive. Um, but I can see a lot of people's sides, and they're really struggling to put the finishing touches on their, their team. So I would be trying to save that extra trade because we still have seven rounds. There's going to be rest. There's going to be injuries. Rookies are going to be in and out. It's so yeah. scary when you say it like that. There's still seven rounds of this carnage to go. And it's already been confirmed now that the um, for the remainder of the season, even the non-buy rounds will be receiving team news at 6.20 the day before. So um, we're still going to be going into a Thursday game blind, even if it's a normal round, as to what's happening Saturday or Sunday. So it's quite unreal this season um, how it's progressing and how difficult this game has become. Uh, credit to anyone who's still playing along. We... Do you think there's anyone, um, before I move on to the next talking topic, anyone that overrules or outranks those players that have already had their buy in terms of trading options? Not that have already had their buy. Um, I do think that it's worthwhile considering some players that still have got their buy and that might be a bit controversial. However, there are some players that still provide good value um, themselves and uh, some Look, honestly, if you think a player, like if you're tossing up between, let's say I'm just going to pull two random players because for cost comparison, if you think Jack Crisp, who's essentially the same price as Zach Williams, if you think Crisp is going to average more than 10 points a game, more than Zach Williams, then I would still be picking that player even if they have a buy because during that buy round, you're probably going to lose 
from your best 18, if you have one less player, you probably lose like 50, 60 points. Um, if so that, sometimes. Yeah, if that. So if Jack Crisp is going to um, average 10 points a game more than Zach Williams, over the course of the season, that's 70 points. So that's, to me, still worth it, which is exactly why I'm looking at Rory Led this week. Um, as a non-owner and I can't afford him, um, I'm thinking of just taking him. I also already have Haynes, but I'm thinking of taking Led above um, Zach Williams because I think it's possible that Led ends up outscoring um, Williams by you know, 15, 20 points a game, depending on what, what role Led has for the rest of the season. Is there anyone else like Rory Laird, and we'll talk about him in more depth in a second, that you see potentially taking out 10 to 15 more points over Zach Williams per game? Um, so can I just throw out some random names of some, some players? And just, I'm not sure yeah, it's worthwhile touching on them. Um, but very briefly, Luke Ryan has a five-round average of 115 and a three-round average of 116. He's a bit pricey, doesn't have a buy, but they are moving away from their hub, um, so that may affect his scoring. Um, JB, I think um, Adam Saad, who also doesn't have a buy, at the same price as Zach Williams, less of a chance of in- injury risk. How do you see the comparison between Saad, who's averaging 98 this season, and Zach Williams? Uh, essentially, this this is the durability versus uh, scoring potential argument because I don't see Saad pumping out 120-plus scores um, with any consistency. But if Zach Williams got on a string of two or three of those, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I think he trumps him quite comfortably in the scoring potential um, and even the consistency factors. However, like you said, we're not going to see an injury from Saad or it's very unlikely that we do. I'm not sure he's actually missed the game uh, since he got to Essendon. Maybe even... I don't even know if he's ever missed the game. <laughs> he's not the type of player that you associate with injuries. Um, but I would... I mean, I'm I'm in the camp, especially this season and with best 18, I'm in the camp of backing in the, the big gun, the glass cannon, if you, if you will, um, and hoping that he doesn't get injured. So um, that's going to sound so contradictory to what I've said before. But in this type of comparison, I'll, I'll take the, the 105 potential average over you know Saad's 95 potential average so um and Zach Williams it's not like he's a guaranteed injury like we, we could predict a lot of players um coming into this condensed fixture and I'm not going to name anyone that's already injured but we could we have and will predict players that will get injured um but Zach Williams for me even though he does get niggles he does play through him a lot um I would not be shocked at all if he didn't get injured Luke McDonald, 123 three-round average, 489k, obviously had a change of role. He's just basically playing the Jake Lloyd role, but for North Melbourne, if that's the best way I can put it. How do you see him going? Is his four-round average higher than his three-round? Because I know he had a big score a few weeks ago as well. So um, he's in incredible form and... I wish I could have any sort of faith whatsoever in Luke McDonald, but I mean, is there a chance that he goes back and starts tagging? Is there a chance that he you know, goes up and, and just stands almost anywhere else on the field other than where he's standing? I know Lloyd won't. Um, I'm not sure if, if I can say the same for McDonald. He is quite cheap for the form that he's in, but it's, he's not the type of player that I can trust um, to stay in that role for the entire season. And when he's tagging, he's, he's not good for more than a score of 60, so not someone I trusted to, to trade in. It's it's uh, funny how quickly someone can come on our radar just for a couple of good games, and then we have to take them, you know, consider them as a serious option. But I think 
he still has a buy to play. I think his role is solid. North Melbourne's draw, though, is so bad. And I just have so much more faith in other players around his price that it just makes this way harder to try and take a punt at this stage of the year. If you're going, like, all out and you need a POD and you're trying to win, a, I don't know, your cash league and you want to go, I guess they, they say, balls to the wall, I mean, Luke McDonald's the guy <laughs> right now in the back line. Absolutely. His scores are just out of this world um a couple other cheaper value picks we'll call them um jb that i quickly want to get your thoughts on zach bailey at uh 431k now has a five round average of 97 so he's basically shifted up on the wing um and just putting out some proper wingman midfielder scores yeah I, i saw this um definitely not for me i think they've had um a few injuries here or there that that'll come back and probably shift his position. He's, he's kind of the type of player where you wouldn't be surprised if you saw him pop up and play in any position. And I just, I really don't trust him to continue averaging 70 plus from here on out. And what about um, Adam Chow at 448K? He's had his buy three round average of 106. Looked amazing um, running through the midfield last week and just his kicking is so impressive. Um, how do you think he'll go for the rest of the year? Yeah, I was actually looking at this option. I really like Chara as a as a player um, and as a kid with a lot of potential for Fremantle. So Fremantle fans must be more excited than I am, having watched his week game on the weekend. Um, I just don't think he will have any sort of consistency. Um, Fremantle have been somewhat competitive as of late, and that's obviously doing wonders for him. But in a game where they get smacked in, which they will get eventually smacked in, um, I, just, I can't back him in for a score higher than 70 and it's just so difficult I mean if he was 350k and had had a turn in form then potentially but it's difficult to back these players it's the same problem I had with Brayshaw in the preseason and that I'd never actually seen him string together any amount of games um, that were considered to be elite or enough that I'd take a punt on for the entire season so um, not not for me Chera and uh, I think that that's probably wise. Um, funny, funny how you said you'll take the consistency, and then we we're just talking about consistency and Saad versus Zach Williams. Um, I think Williams can be consistent. <laughs> I, I just don't think he's had the role so far. And and lastly, uh, <laughs> Brody Smith, four hundred twenty-four k. I like to bring <laughs> him up for you. He scored one hundred and five. He's back. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is this week. But he's their first player I'd tag. If if I bothered tagging anyone on that team. He, he would be the one, and he scored 15 with the tag. So um, put someone to him, even if it's a half tag. If you really want to minimize the Crows' bull movement at any part of the ground, then I would just send someone to, at the very least, be accountable a la Jack Steele uh, last season. Not so much of a hard tag, but just be accountable for your man, and we'll see him drift out and put, put some very, very poor scores on the board this year. Um, very, very quickly, we're going to have to go into de- in-depth. Alex Witherden... Three round average of 118, 475k. Um, you know he's kind of pushed Bailey up on the wing. Um, how do you see Within going for the rest of the year? Sorry, what did he score last week? Do you have that? A hundred. La- as- no, sorry, week before. Uh, I can pull that up, but yeah, I please. know he- th- you're talking about the one in between the absolute. Yeah, because he's, he's his three round isn't that high, and with the 100 and 185, <laughs> you'd expect it to be incredible. He scored 85. Okay, not too bad. I actually don't mind Within. If I was going to take a pun on any of the names you've said so far, it would be Within, I think. McDonald for me. <laughs> really? I think 
Look, Wigan I is a one-trick like- pony. He's not. He's not going to move from defense. He's got an amazing um, foot on him. He's, he's going to take a lot of kickouts, and that, could that be team. I, I mean, he could be dropped, but I, I guess. I mean, I guess he could be dropped. He has been already, so I can't really argue that. Um, but he's in Ripper for me. He he's actually a good player. I'm not sure McDonald's a, a great player. Yeah, it's uh, a tough Pains one. I think me to say. Maynard's not in fantastic form, um, but you know he is averaging 105 for the season, and it's only priced at 510. So he's not like extremely expensive. Um, but he does have the buy to come, which is uh, a little bit dangerous. But um, you know he's the second highest scoring defender this year, Maynard. So still, I think you need to consider him. Yeah, I think he's fine. I have no issue with Maynard. All right. Um, JB, take us through the next topic. I, I'm sure you can whip out that run sheet of yours. <laughs> I, I do have the run sheet in front of me, and it's rank the rookies. So uh, we've essentially got about four or five options if we're including uh, jumping on a late one. Um, firstly, I'll get the obvious one out of the way. It's Bytel for St. Kilda versus uh, Wicks for Sydney. Now, we know Wicks is already named. Um, he's obviously playing tonight, so... That might factor a little bit in his favour with the unknown um, behaviour of St Kilda, but Bytel you would have thought did enough, and uh, with the injury of Gresham, that that moves something around to keep Bytel in the side. Um, who who are you siding with out of those two? Yeah, so wait, I know I've done this thing again where I say jump forward and then I answer a question from the previous one because I just was you was prompted about to say, me to go I know. forward. I'm sorry. Um, Rory Laird, I think, um, will hold his spot in the midfield. There's probably some discussion about that. Um, just because, one, Nix has said how happy he's been with Laird in the midfield. Two, he adds something completely different than the Crouch brothers and Sloan. And three, with Chase Jones and Schoenberg likely out, there is still a midfield rotation you know, available there. I think they will probably line up with the Crouch brothers and Laird and maybe Sloan at a little bit of more of a forward role with um, rotations on the ball. So I'm not I'm not super worried about him being pushed back to like a, a halfback or something. I think he's done his dash off the halfback, um, as and they say. Four. If they want any sort of value for their aging players, if they're going to go for rebuild, they're going to play lead in the midfield and he's going to dominate. <laughs> and Brad Serious, Crouch. That is, that is well. a genuine factor. Yeah, Brad Crouch and Laird will, will be in that midfield for the rest of the season. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, so back to answer your Bytel versus Wicks. I Thank totally you. agree um, with Gresham out for the season. Bytel, just five clearances, 18 touches on debut is an enormous game. He looked like he's going to have good scoring potential as well, so I would be getting him first. Wicks, Wicks is an interesting choice because he's named but you know Sam Gray is listed as an emergency so I would uh, they're kind of a light flight but they have so many like similar-ish players um, in their side they did, did name Zach Foote though so if somebody does have to go it could be a Foot, it could be a Fox it could be a Bell um, Wicks they have a like, lot of inanimate objects as players don't they yeah they've just got a bunch of players that I feel like, Swan, like teams have like a fringe 22 player Swans have like a fringe 12 and then it's just like 10 players that are like borderline good enough to make this side but happen to Do all you know make what inanimate side. object means pistol yeah not moving yeah I, that, that that was the joke i was making with the amount of body parts and animals and bell and and then and then you said okay yeah they've got a lot of fringe players but they do you're right. Keep going. <laughs> keep, keep talking. You, you just shut me down. That's yeah. Fine. So I like uh, I like Bytel over Wicks. Um, I think in terms of scoring potential, job security. I mean, look, Seb Rust does need well should 
I don't know, should the strong word come back into that side as well as Zach Jones. Zach Jones will be definitely in um, for Gresham, but I don't know if Seb Ross, is, he's been poor this season. I wonder what role he's got um, left in that side. But as with all these rookies, if you play well, you stay in the side. Um, my money's on Bytel for this week because I want his scoring potential and potential bench coverage, um, JB, for the rest of the season. Are there any other rookies that you are considering? Uh, yes, so there's the two other rookies that I consider, and that's only because of their positioning. If you can't get a midfield or you do need to get someone elsewhere, we need to consider um, Woodcock and Scholl are probably the leading options elsewhere. Um, I'll, I might as well give my thoughts on Woodcock, considering I'm the poor expert here. Um, named again this week with Motlop's return is a big tick. Um, having heard from Ken Hinckley's press conference, um, he did say that, Ebert is probably only a week away. I don't see a world where we rush Ebert back considering his concussion um, concerns in the last two years if Woodcock is playing well. So I still think this can be a situation of if the rookie continues to play well, he could keep his spot. Don't get me wrong. He could easily be out for the next match. But we just played Richmond in which he scored 80, which is the toughest game of our season so far. We're about to play Geelong. If he puts together another decent performance, we'll find a way to keep him in the side. Um, so essentially, if you do get Woodcock in, you're backing him in to be one of our best, um, probably 15 players. Otherwise, he, he's in strife. Um, but it's it's entirely possible. He looks he looks good for his age and um, and the amount of games that he's played. So it wouldn't shock me if he was in the t- team for another fortnight from here. Um, but again, it wouldn't shock me if he was out next week. Who would next, go out before him? Uh, Kane Farrell has the potential to go out. And he's kind of playing more of a wing slash halfback role. Um, but the way we shuffle our players around, like Maze is in this week for Liner. I mean, there's we just have a lot of diverse players that could play slightly different roles. Houston uh, in defense or in the midfield. We've got a lot of players that can just move around a lot. So um, essentially, it's not, it doesn't have to be a like-for-like replacement. Um, and KFL is close enough that I think we can we can rotate a couple of players through that defense instead of Farrell um, and keep Woodcock in the team if Ebert is fit to play as well. Or you know potentially play one of them on the wing or you know Motlock could play on the wing more instead of half-forward. We've got a lot of potential in the team to move players between positions. So... Um, essentially, I think Ken will continue to reward good form. And um, if Woodcock has a good game this week, then he could just go on to play another game or two after that. So, um, And at least he's guaranteed a price rise, unlike um, anyone that's considering trading in a debutant for this year, uh, for this week. Sorry. Um, Shaw is the other one from Adelaide. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I think he's good. He looks really comfortable last week. You know, he plays uh, on the wing and I guess rotates on halfback, I think, when Brody Smith pushes up the ground a little bit. So um, I expect Scholl to keep lining up on the wing as long as he's putting in these really good performances. He's still at an achievable um, price to downgrade to, only 155k. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it would be great if he... So i, I got to shiver thinking of Toby Watson at 155k. <laughs> I, it'd be great if uh, Scholl... Um, if, if Adelaide had already had their buy, um, that's a little bit of a problem. But I think uh, in terms of job security, it's solid. I mean, Duda's out now, so there's going to be kind of less shuffling around in that back line. So I'm, I'm all for um, Shoal this week. I think he's got good scoring potential as well. So, um, yeah, happy days from me there. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't have uh, stumbled 
worse over those last eight wides there, mate. But um, are there any other rookies that are catching your eye, or have we just about nailed them? I mean, you can talk about Tom Hutchison, mature HR, um, who got named for GWS. He's still on the side with um, O'Halloran, but the GWS side, I mean, I'm going to read their bench. They've got Jake Riccardi, Connor Iden, Adam Kennedy, and Shane Mumford. Like, they don't have Haitley there. They don't have Green. I mean, some players are injured, obviously, but it's the last couple of players on this team, they could just be shuffled like week in, week out, they could just rotate them and change them up. Um, or, obviously, if Hutchison plays super well, you know, he could remain in the side for a couple of weeks. But I still feel like both of those players from GWS are just much worse than all of the other four rookies that are available this week. Um, I mean, I guess Hutchison does have DPP and is 117k, so that's kind of helpful. But still, you know, if I'm ordering rookies, they're at number five and six out of the six we've spoken about. I, I can't see myself having a GWS rookie on my side, maybe ever again. Uh, they <laughs> they are such a revolving door, and if Tom Green can't get a game after... He's played pretty much three out of his four games who were pretty good, um, and if he's not first back into that side, and now they're playing random kids that I haven't even heard of, um, I'm pretty sure that's they're just going to keep revolving that door and revolving and revolving and... If you're not playing an unreal game of footy every week, then um, you're every chance to be dropped the, the following week. So um, a hard pass from me on those guys. Can you uh, name name your four best rookies, like in order? Bytel, Weeks, Woodcock, Shoal. No, wow. Bytel, Weeks, Shoal, Woodcock. Okay. I I would do uh, Bytel, Shoal, Weeks, Woodcock. So I've gone for shell number two, just higher up the job security. I like yeah. maybe even number one. The, I'm not a big know. fan of the 30k and the fact that he that week scored 80. I mean, he he could potentially actually be a player that could score 70 consistently. We don't know, so it's yeah. It's I think it's unlikely given his role, but Probably, you're right. But you I, I think it's more likely he goes 30 against GWS than 80. But I guess we'll see 30. soon enough. Oh my lord. Okay, well, I'm glad he's on my bench. Thanks for the heads up. Um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get into a quick Gorn discussion before we tackle our very last segment, and then we're going to upload this as soon as possible as the footy is just over an hour away. Um, just quickly on, on Gorn now, with also um, a PCL injury that he's battling as well as the shoulder. Um, Luke Jackson has become injured uh, with a hamstring injury. I don't know if he's been exactly ruled out for this week or not. Yeah, it's um, bad, apparently. It's potentially... Okay. We just heard a bad hammy. Um, okay. I think there's talk it might be multiple weeks or for the season or something. So You'd pretty much assume season if they're saying bad hammy bad. straight off the bat. Bad hammy. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, they've still got Bruce, who I found out today was still alive and well and on an AFL list, which is great for him. Um but it sort of brings forward the discussion of is are they really going to ruck Gorn 100% game time? Um, or you know what what is their tactic going forward going to be? Because they really should be resting their number one asset in Max Gorn um, with the two injuries that he sustained in the last two weeks. Oh, see, the issue I have is Melbourne think, well, can, I should say, they can make finals this <laughs> season. They're right at the fringe of finals and this week they're playing Collingwood who they're essentially competing with for a finals spot so I would imagine they're going to do absolutely 
everything they can do to get Gorn right uh, for this week. If Gorn does miss this week, I would suggest he's really, really struggling because this is, if not the most important game for them now for the rest of the season. So, Is there any chance that Melbourne go in with a Nick Nat-like view and just play Gorn for bursts of 10 to 15 minutes and then um, maybe even less than that, 10 to 12 minutes, um, and then also play Proust for the for the match and have him rotating heavily through the ruck. Um, you don't want to completely remove that midfield um, clearance machine that is gone, but at the same time, you don't want to risk running him at 100% and ha- having a very broken gone by the end of the season. I think it's a serious risk, um, and I think they might go with a gone Tom McDonald backup ruck um, lineup. T Mac. 297 KJB, 101 points last week. Is he a uh, sneaky F7 option? <laughs> oh, he's hung you, up on me. Okay. You, you, you're talking about Tom McDonald. Yeah, I love Tom McDonald. You know, uh, as a, as a potential tr- trading option. We're <laughs> discussing Gorn. And, and then you're, you're trying to, as soon as possible, bring it to McDonald who scored 15 points just two weeks ago in an entire game of footy. That's not injury affected. Yeah, it wasn't backup ruck, though. <laughs> if Gorn's out for the season, maybe Tom McDonald will be the sole ruck for the rest of the season, and then we'll, who will be laughing? Everyone that doesn't own him. <laughs> Every one of us that doesn't own him. No, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not buying into Tom McDonald. Look, I, th- I think he will do better as a ruckman. Obviously, he's going to be around the ball a lot more, and he'll play that classic behind, one kick behind the play um, type of role that Gorn does at the moment. Probably ends up with a couple of marks a game as well. Um, no, no, let's not waste time talking about teammates. Honestly, just, though, just tell us, do we trade Gorn? Honestly, though, he could average eighty, Tom McDonald. I don't want to be mean. I don't. I, I know he listens. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Come on. Um, do we trade Gorn this week? I traded Gorn last week, so we, I'm still firmly in the trade Gorn camp this week. We made a pledge last week. We did. We did pledge. We were we, blood we brothers pledge. now. We, we both traded out. Um, Gorn to Goldstein. But now, if you had the choice, now knowing what we know and you know the extra buy teams, would you still be trading Goldstein? Because, boy, were we stressing when he was lining up on a wing on the first center bounce. It's, it's a hard one because... I, I, I mean, I'd rather him play a game on the wing. Um, and he, he wasn't really on there that much. He, w- he was on there to start pretty much every quarter and maybe once or twice in between. Um, but I'd rather him line up on the wing and you know rest more on the bench than get completely rested for the match, which I kind of think is what happened. Um, I would say he's as likely this week to have zero wing attendances than he is to have 100% ruck. So... I just, I just genuinely, I think they've gotten that out of the way, and now he can just go forward and, and you know do what he's best at. And when he was in there, he was scoring points for fun. So, um, I can, I, I can still confidently suggest that people trade in Todd Goldstein. Goldstein over Nick Nat and uh, the Big O. Definitely over Nick Nat, and I think you were, you were thinking that I was going to say definitely over the Big O, but definitely over Nick Nat. Um, I mean, I'm trading in Zach Williams this week, and the last thing I need on top of that is someone who's somehow even more, or even seven times as more injury-prone as Zach Williams. Um, I think that just spells danger for me. I, I really 
really dislike that selection in people's teams. I know he's going to score well, but he's going to do that every game that he plays. It's the games that he misses that really burn you on the other side. And they've already had their buy, so more condensed fixtures coming up. I'd be pretty surprised if you played in every one of them. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if you played in 80% of them, to be honest. But I think I think he will play, you know, he just plays that 55, 60% time on ground. He has good points per minute, so he generally scores in the 80s. I still think 80s. he gets rested, at least for a week. It's, yeah, it, look, it's possible. I'm not going to say that it's not possible. And, and um, if he doesn't, unfortunately, and I, I hate speaking about this because I love watching Nick Nat, but we've seen in the past what happens if he starts playing any more time on ground or if he doesn't get rested or if he plays too many games in quick succession, he just inevitably gets injured, as as unfortunate as that is. Okay, fair enough. Um, so you're, you're definitely saying no. I'm, no, I'm the a big, big O? Big no on Nick Nat. I'm a big maybe on big O. Um, oh my. I'm, not, I'm not actually sure um, on the big O. He's had three pretty decent scores in a row as, as the sole Ruckman. Um before that it was tragic and I don't know what Archie Smith is doing this season but if they are rolling out Big O for the entirety of the season there's every chance he averages um, low 100s I want to say and he's pretty cheap so look I don't hate people going for the Big O well last week you spoke you talked to me out of Laddams and Big O uh, and then I settled on Goldstein, but um, he has he has played only four games of Solrak Bigo, and Archie Smith is injured for five weeks. So um, I okay. think in all of his games, he scored at least in the 80s and higher, 80s, 90s, 120, and and last week as well. So um, if he he has got that forward DPP, so if he completely goes sour, I think you could swing him forward if you needed to and get another ruck. Maybe if he That's does just better, what you need another ruck. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking if he outperforms someone like Bailey Smith, um, maybe you could swing Big O forward, and then when it's Bailey Smith's buy, trade Bailey Smith to a ruck and kind of like rejig your side that way. Um, I definitely think there's merit in in the Big O. It's, Zach uh, Merritt. Yeah, Zach Merritt's been good, dude. He has he's, been. He's good. been really good. Um, he has been. He's not as good than, as Neil. Better than Neil. No, not, not close. Um. Well, on Laddams, I, I, th- I might as well just say now as well, um, he played predominantly forward with Lysette back in the team, and that's not going to change this week. So um, I would assume he's now our Todd Marshall-type player up forward and um, would demand at least a, a tool forward to go near. He was very competent up forward as well, but I wouldn't expect him to, to tickle triple figures each week uh, playing as, as a tool forward. All right, what's next on the run sheet? Are up to captains? Uh, there's one more. I just want to quickly, quickly, quickly remind people as we've spoken about it heavily this podcast, the whole pre-buy versus post-buy thing. I want to know how important it is to you um, to select someone and ignore someone um, that hasn't had their buy or that has had their buy. So um, Hugh Greenwood, for example, this week presents amazing value. He's had three weeks in a row where he hasn't been at his absolute best. That's uh, worrying. <laughs> I know, I know, but still good value for someone who's averaging, he's averaging over 100 still, I assume. Yeah. Um, but he, he's very cheap. And if you were finishing your forward line this week, you'd be looking at him. He hasn't had his buy yet. Are you ignoring him and trading in, you know, making an upgrade in defense to Zach Williams instead? Where are you, where are you on this whole pre-buy versus post-buy thing is it that important to dodge the the pre-buy players 
I think you definitely should target players that have had their buy, but there are always those outliers, and I did speak about before, just look at how much you think somebody um, else is going to average that hasn't had the buy to the equivalent player that has um, got the buy. So Greenwood, if you think he's the best option, I, I, I would say, you know, Walters is 50k more and already has got the buy and is going to outscore Greenwood. It would seem like Walters is a far, far superior pick than, than Greenwood, and if there was somebody at his price um, that had the buy, I think... You know, I would be choosing somebody obviously that had the buy at the same price as Greenwood. So um, it's something to consider and something to strongly consider. Um, it w- is, I'm stumbling over my words, definitely Again. consider the buy. <laughs> we need Chizo back. Um, all right, captaincy options then. You've, you've held out this long. I know you do enjoy talking captaincies. We're, we've got a, a pick of every single premium this week. Um, no one on the buy, obviously. Um, depending on who and how you can loophole, I think Gold Coast play quite. Oh, they play no, last Coast in the last, week. No, the last game. Why are people worrying about their loopholes then? Because most people have Draper now. Oh, okay, no one's got Conroy. Fair enough. Um, maybe BJ Williams. A lot of people have him. They play late as well. Just, just anyway. know that not everyone's bench is as depleted as yours. Fine. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Who are we thinking if you do have a late vice captain to sorry a late loophole to put the captaincy on? Who is your ideal setup this week? Um, besides Neil, so controversial. Um, Bonson Pelly uh, is is a bit Ugh. of a crow killer. He uh, has averaged twenty points per game more with Norton back in the side uh, compared to when he's not in the side this season. And two of his last four games against the Crows, Bontempelli's gone one forty or more. So um, I think he is select probably him over McRae. So McRae's in really McRae's in amazing form. So I mean, obviously, my brain says just put it on McRae. Hunter is back. I wonder what impact that may or may not have on McRae. Um, if I'm being serious, I would be doing Neil into McRae. I just really wanted to seem cool and talk about Bontempelli. Yeah, that doesn't Did it work? It, it did a little bit. Um, okay. Just, well, just breaking live on the podcast, Brad Close has been managed this week. And uh, oh, Simpson's dear. back in. <sighs> well, now we've got more in. loophole op- options, right? Because Close plays on the Friday. So uh, now we've got all these options in tonight's match to put the VC on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. but seriously, what about if you had Jack Kelly or Canelio? You know, Swans are not not a great side. Did you say Jake Kelly? Yeah, Josh Kelly, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, the, both of them have high ceilings, obviously, as we've seen. Um, I'll definitely be looking at one of those two if you did have to do... You know, I mean, out of everyone in today's game and tomorrow's game, I'd go um, those two, Josh and... Um, Actually, I'll probably, I'll probably do the top two as Josh Kelly um, and Jake Lloyd and then Keneally after that as my vice-captaincy options out of the next two games. I just want someone that's capable of beating Neil's average of 147 because I'm probably not going to take... I mean, Neil's only had one score below 130 the whole season. Absolutely insane. So if I need to pick someone who's going to go more than 130, I'm probably just like putting it on these players that just have these monster ceilings. So the Kelly and... Canelio, I have less less faith in, in Lloyd's ceiling. What about uh, Collingwood if uh, Gorn's not in? What about Grundy? He's not scored super well with Cameron in the side. Cameron gets a lot more ruck time than I would like um, to see. 
So I'm a little bit off-put by Grunzi at the moment. I think he'll score fine. I just, I'd, I'd feel out of that game, I'd feel more confident in someone like Petrarca or Oliver dominating than, than Grundy. Oh, are you going to do it on Oliver then? I don't have an Oliver. Oh, no. Unfortunately. Okay, don't worry. Um, I'm going to wrap I, up I traded in Luke Shuey, so it's basically the same. Oh, great job. Um, yeah. I'm going to wrap up the podcast there. Um, we've been going for about 45 minutes. The game starts in an hour and 20 minutes by the time it's edited and uploaded. Surely well, people have got an hour to listen before the football. So um, if you're one of those people, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be podcasting again. When's, the, when's this round finished? Monday. Oh, that's not too bad. Um, assuming this game again on Tuesday, we'll probably be podcasting Monday night. So um, we do appreciate everyone for tuning in in this um, this crazy season is probably the best way to describe it um have a good week enjoy the non-buy round before the carnage begins again um pistol thank you for for joining me and if you want to quickly run them through our socials we'll sign off yeah you can find uh, our main page at dr underscore sc on twitter uh, you can find myself at pistol underscore drsc jb at jb underscore drsc and chizo where there's ed chizo underscore drsc uh thanks everybody for listening and good luck this round yeah, and sorry, just quickly, apologies to everyone uh, that did a Cancer Council donation or sign up to our Patreon. Uh, in time, in time is a time of the time is of the essence, and I can't speak. Um, we've just skipped that quickly for this round, so we'll get back into the next round as per usual. All right, cheers, guys.